This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Party, after party, after party on a Friday. Hello, Mm -hmm. Jim McAllister. After party on a Friday. I'm enjoying this Dragon Well tea over here. And you told me what it was because i didn't know what dragon well tea is it's long yeah, i used to be a barista we had a back in the day pete's used to make everyone learn about the products this is back when uh, you know companies cared good. about uh, making sure that their uh, employees were trained properly yeah do you remember that when you used to like no. ask somebody it's been a you used long to ask time somebody since at a happened. store you'd ask somebody yeah. at a store about something and they actually knew the products Mm-mm, no now they're just like um deer in the headlights now they're like i don't know yeah. whatever yeah. Yeah. No, but this is good stuff. This is yeah. uh what did you say? It's it's very hot upper scale or uh, I don't good think I quality. said it was upper scale. Um <laughs> upscale. <laughs> well, you're drinking a uh, Dragonwell, right? So yeah. it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's a high it's a highfalutin, I think it's the word you used earlier. Highfalutin. Highfalutin That's green right. tea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, otherwise known as long, long jing, long jing tea. Oh, look at the way you say that. Yeah. Um, so it's pan roasted green tea from the area of the long jing village over there okay. in the, in the China, China, <laughs> China, <laughs> China tea. Yeah. V- yeah. Did you just say it's, I'm drinking vagina tea? I don't want G- that. Gina tea. Oh yeah. Gina tea. It's mostly well... produced by hand and renowned <laughs> oh. for its high quality, earning it the China famous tea title. I'm yeah, liking it. This, I'll, I would reorder this. This is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is a it's a splurge, but it's a good splurge if you know what I'm saying. I, I do know what you mean. Yeah, it is. So we want to thank um, we want to thank Roberta. Kim McAllister is with Ooh. us. What? Oh, no, that's that? Kim McAllister. We, <laughs> we want to thank. What's wrong happening? Button. I hit the wrong button. Uh, it's a $10 super sticker from Roberta yesterday in After Hours Trading. So we want to thank Roberta for the contribution. Yeah. Thank you, Roberta. Thanks, Roberta. Thank you. That's always a nice surprise. Right under the line for uh, November. November. Oh, very so good. Now it's December. December first. It, yeah. feel, it, it feels weird that 2023 is. We only have a month left of it. It's weird. And I, this whole year, I keep doing that thing when, like, I'm trying to, like, write a check, which only happens once a month, and or I'm titling the the name of the show like in a file name. I keep trying to do 24. So I guess I'm ready for 24 because I keep I guess hesitating. I'm like, yeah. 23, 24, like, I don't even know anymore. 2024, and here comes a presidential election and all the ads and the... Yeah. Oh, maybe that's why I keep getting confused, because I keep hearing 2024. 2024. I bet that's what it is. Um, what is I want to mention, yesterday we, we talked about the in- International Space Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd said that uh, it was approximately 250 miles uh, above sea level, and I thought that was... I wasn't sure that was right, but it is right. So yeah. it's 400 kilometers... Um, and 250 miles above sea level, while the Hubble t- uh, Space Telescope operates at about 340 miles above mm-hmm. sea level. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. mention that since I was wrong. Clarify. Clarify. Yeah. Well, it is Friday, and we're going to start with some feel-good stories. Let's talk about what happened to this coyote in San Francisco. This yeah, guy. Yeah. Did you see that? That that happened this morning, right? Or I mean, yeah, yesterday, yesterday morning. Yeah, yesterday. Morning. yesterday? This happened yesterday morning. Um, so we have coyotes in the city. And uh, check out this guy. He was unfortunately tr- uh, stuck on 280, like many of you, uh, <laughs> trying to get to work. <laughs> uh, there was an unusual sight on the freeway in San Francisco. Yeah, Thursday. This happened around 8 a.m. southbound 280 near Mission Bay, trying to get to his new tech startup job. A photo from SF Animal Care and Control shows the coyote hiding behind yellow barrels on the freeway. Officers were able to escort the animal 
off the freeway with the help of the CHP and San Francisco police. Here's another shot. Uh, video shows the coyote trotting into the middle of the road and uh, and then it was escorted to safety by police officers. Mm-hmm. Seems to be in good health. They just made sure that it got into an area they thought it could survive on its own before uh, you know letting it go. Um, animal control officers aren't usually tasked with traffic duties, but on Thursday they managed to safely reroute uh, the wily coyote. I thought they were calling him Wiley Coyote. Is that Wiley Coyote? Uh, <laughs> with his uh, dynamite um, from the Acme Cor- Corporation uh, that had somehow found its way on the freeway. But so it's uh, it's it's um, good news. Good news for the coyote. He got yeah, off of the freeway. I love it. Again, people helping animals. Yeah. So Back to surface an, street traffic. I have an animal story for you about yeah, this bring it. tortoise named Jonathan. Oh, and Jonathan, Jonathan. Oh, hey, Jonathan. Is celebrating a milestone birthday. Was it like 50? He's, well, no. He was 50 years old when he was brought to the island of St. Helena, which I understand is in the South Atlantic Ocean. It's a British territory. So he's oh. brought to St. Helena in 1882, and they think he's Whoa. at least 50 years old then. Wow. But they don't know for sure. So they just used that number to calculate what they think is his birthday. Right. 191. Probably older, but that's how old Jonathan is. 191 years old. This species, the Seychelles turtle, the Seychelles uh, tortoise, giant tortoise, usually lives 150 years. That's their lifespan. So at 191 or older, Jonathan is now... You guessed it, in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the oldest living land animal, as well as the oldest turtle or Chelonian in recorded history. Yeah. And he look, he he's, got, a, he got some he's treats doing, for his birthday. He's doing okay. He's, not, you know, he's, he's old, obviously. And so he's lost his sense of smell. He's got cataracts, so his vision is really bad. He still has an appetite. He's hand-fed. Once a week with a fortifying of helpful mm. fruit and vegetables by a dedicated team. Uh, and so he's doing okay. He lives at Plantation House, which is the resident of the governor of St. Helena. He's lived there for 141 years. Can Not you believe it? Gig. It is 100- open enrollment. So if you need some Medicare Advantage plan, now's the time to call. <laughs> Could get a better rate. 191. Happy birthday, Jonathan. Happy birthday, Jonathan. That's really cool. Um, yep. And then we have the story of another animal. We love our animal stories, don't we? This is a rare animal thought to be extinct, suddenly found by a dog on a beach. What the a dog hell made was a that? discovery of a lifetime when it discovered an animal believed to be extinct for nearly 90 years. The collie had been deployed by the endangered wildlife trust to, as a scent detection dog in a year-long and nearly hopeless pursuit of finding traces of DeWinton's golden mole. The shimmering mole rarely appears above ground and was last seen in 1936. Wow. Wow. Does it have eyes? It doesn't look like it has eyes. It looks like there's like a spot for them. You can kind of see like an indentation, I think, there on the right. Um, Okay. But the researchers couldn't confirm if the species still existed until the dog made the discovery in South Africa. The EWT team made the announcement on Facebook. That's where you make your animal announcements, right? The blind moles live almost entirely underground and don't leave tunnels... uh, uh, don't leave behind tunnels like other species of moles. They appear to swim through the sand, according to a press release from the EWT. And their extremely sensitive hearing alerts them to vibrations above the ground, allowing them to burrow without being seen. 
What can you tell us about the scene? Nothing, really. Yeah. The, uh, to officially confirm the species hadn't gone extinct, researchers needed to find evidence of the mole. They successfully tested its DNA, uh, given that it closely resembles other species. After a lot of hard work, the researchers finally found what they were looking for, though many people doubted the golden mole was still out there. They had a faith that the species had not yet gone extinct. Um, uh, they were convinced that it would just take the right detection method, the proper timing, and a team passionate about finding it, and uh, it worked. They think it's just fantastic that in 2023, we can still rediscover species. All of our stories around conservation are doom and gloom. So here we have the opportunity to say that actually there are opportunities to make change. The so, elusive golden mole found once yeah. again. He's like, hey, uh, bitches. You know, it is December, and it is the holiday season, whatever it's a December religion to you celebrate. And it is also... I celebrate Toyotathon. I celebrate Festivus for the rest oh, okay. of us. Yes. It is, of course, the general of era, airing of grievances. Yes. And Which is a segment is... we did once, right? And I, I think we should do it again. <laughs> we should have a Festivus day. The general airing of grievances. And there is a Florida newspaper kind of getting in on the fun of this Seinfeld-created holiday. They're inviting their readers to submit their grievances for the year, and they're going to look at them and print the funniest ones in celebration of Festivus in the Tampa Bay Times. It's the eighth annual Tampa Bay Times airing of grievances open to anyone around the world who wishes to voice their complaints on any subject. The airing of grievances, they say, is an integral part of the December 23rd holiday, which also features the display of an unadorned metal pole and feats of strength we're gonna do the whole thing mm -hmm. yeah the the tampa bay times has a google form for anyone with a grievance to air so you got to go there and fill it out some of them that have already been uh submitted why do you include the stumps in my bag romaine lettuce i know i need roughage but i'm not eating romaine stumps another woman writes when my 12 year old son calls me bro last i checked i'm still mom Oh, What's your grievance? Do you have a grievance? Uh, it's not about the stumps of the lettuce. That seems like a first world problem. I mm -hmm. don't like, I was going to include this. I still will include this on our, our next airing of the grievances. People who walk down the middle of the sidewalk and don't leave enough room for people to pass easily. Like pick mm -hmm. a side, pick a side. Think about the other people. This is a, a shared sidewalk. It's a public sidewalk. There are people going in both directions and it's always the doddering, you know, confused people that walk right down the middle of the sidewalk. And maybe it's because I'm an urban dweller that it's uh, annoying that it comes up so often. But that's no, my, I think that's that kind of mind. goes with a lot of, of grievances about just people not being aware of their place in their surroundings. You know, or they're being aware, aware of your body. Considerate. Being aware of the space you're taking up. Yeah. You see people do that with, you know, in the grocery store, you know, with a cart bopping, right. bopping down the aisle. No Don't get thought me started on to that other people need to come through the other direction. Yeah. It's, it's, people are not, I, I think it's just being generally unaware of, of your surroundings. You should just be being required to have a cart world. license. Yeah. Like as your membership to Costco gets renewed, you should have to pass this test. You have to pass a little, take, watch like a little video. A little, yeah, they train yeah. you and you and they get te you get tested. This is how the to, you operate here. Yeah, I would yes. agree with that. I would agree with um, that. Because mm -hmm. if you don't do that, you might, might make a mess if you run into somebody like they did on this Ohio freeway. Uh-oh. But this is a it's a good and a bad story. A stretch of highway in Ohio was closed Thursday morning. That's the bad part. But the good part is the crash 
<laughs> involved semi trucks, but it covered the roadway in boxes of chocolate and caramel. Oh, that's a good one. Or I mean, mess, maybe messy. You know, yeah, if the, but if like the a, bottles broke or the cans it's like smashed. A freeway, but... It's like a freeway Sunday. Exactly. The Ohio Department of Transportation oh, said no. the two trucks collided about 6 a.m. Thursday on westbound Interstate 90 in Lake County. You know where that is. Um, it doesn't look as appetizing as I thought it might No, look. it really um, doesn't. Oh, Ew, no, that doesn't. No. No, one of the trucks <laughs> spilled its load of chocolate and caramel candy. Uh, it looks more like uh, topping. Goo. Like a, like, yeah, like sauce. Uh, yeah. Onto the roadway, prompting officials to direct uh, traffic off of the highway. No injuries were reported, and uh, the fire department showed up to clean up. Can you imagine having that job that day? That's going to be a messy one. Yeah. Hose it down looks, the chocolate caramel sauce on the freeway. It looks more like the streets yep. of San Francisco, if you know what I mean. I would rather, though, just you know, from the sheer smell, yeah. I would rather have it, even though it looks similar, I would rather have the job of hosing down the chocolate and caramel than right. hosing down the uh, the, the honey pot of... that spills. Oh, I thought you were going to say the streets. Mm, of San that's happened, too. That's happened on the Bay Bridge where the, mm. the you know, the sanitation truck overloads. Oh, and oh, then oh, honey bucket. The feces. Yeah, the honey honey bucket. Mm-hmm. I thought you meant yeah. actual honey pots. No, no, no. The honey bucket. That's a smeller. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a job for a, a bear. Well, if people could just drive better, maybe those things wouldn't happen, okay? It's not going to happen. No, as a matter of fact, <laughs> most Americans are dangerous drivers. According to this AAA survey, drivers are speeding, they're texting, they're running red lights, they're road raging, and they're drinking behind the wheel. Nearly 60% of drivers confess to dangerous driving behaviors in a survey though. released by the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety. And they say it's sadly part of the reason why about 43,000 people died in traffic-related fatalities on U.S. roads in both 2022 and 21. And it is running red lights. It is speeding. It's texting. It's getting angry. The road rage situation out of hand. It's drugs and alcohol, and it all contributes to this tally. 2,354 drivers were asked about their driving habits for this traffic safety culture index. And the survey included questions about perceived danger, perceived risk of apprehension, and social disapproval. The drivers reported risking behaviors uh, admitted to engaging in them at least once in the past 30 days. Yeah, six profiles. Speeding drivers, 22.7% reported driving 15 miles per hour over the speed limit on freeways, 10% miles per hour over on residential streets. The distracted aggressive driver category, this is 17.3% of respondents said, yeah, I do that. Distracted drivers, 15% of self-reported distracted driving behaviors, like reading messages and texting. Were they filling out the survey while they were driving? It's possible they were doing that, yes. Some 93% of drivers identified texting while driving as very or extremely dangerous. Still, 27% reported having sent a text or email while driving. 59% said they use a hands-free technology to do it. Most dangerous drivers, only 2.4% said they were guilty of all the risky driving behaviors. Um, 60% of those were men. Bingo. Mm -hmm. And then there's the impaired drivers. Only 1.3% admitted to uh, driving while under the influence. So that's kind of a stupid thing to admit to in a survey. It's true. Although it seems that if you're going to admit 
to something like this that it would have to be an anonymous survey. They might they probably don't know who you are, right? Yeah. Until the they narc on you and they've tracked you somehow. Until all of browser, a sudden you, your browser you, cookies. You get a note from AAA saying <laughs> due to your recent survey response, your rates drivers are going who, up. <laughs> drivers who drank uh, who drove drunk also like to buy <laughs> Wheaties. Well, from doom on the roads to doom at your wallet. No. Yeah, so if you uh, if you get high at home or you get drunk at home, you might end up doing too much Amazon one-click ordering. Americans mm-hmm. are doom-spending, and here's why that's a problem. Nearly all Americans are concerned about the current state of the economy. Still, many continue to spend more and save less. Doom-spending may be one way to cope with stress about economic fears mounting. However, it comes at the expense of your financial well-being. So consumer spending has remained remarkably resilient in the face of some stiff economic headwinds. Nearly all Americans, 96%, right? That's almost everybody, mm-hmm. are concerned about the current state of the economy, according to a recent report by Intuit, uh, Intuit's Credit Karma division. Uh, Intuit bought up uh, Credit Karma, if you didn't know that. Still, more than a quarter of, uh, of people are doom spending or spending money despite economic or geopolitical concerns, right? So that the idea is you're spending money even though you don't feel good about the economy. Uh, in politics. Even as inflation and high interest rates have squeezed budgets, a record 200 million shoppers turned out between Black Friday and Cyber Monday, according to the National Retail Federation. That's the best retail federation, the national one. (laughs) This season, holiday spending is expected to reach record levels, totaling $966.6 billion. Wow. $966.6 billion. So why do they call it doom spending? Oh, I told you it's it's spending money, even though you you don't feel good about the economy. You're mm-hmm. not you're not on a sure footing, right? You're worried about you, your budget. You're worried about making right. ends meet, but you're still spending anyway. Yeah, but we still have to make. Sometimes a, I feel like you, you don't know. listen to me, Kim. No, I just it's, <laughs> I when I think of doom, I think of my own personal doom, not yeah, like the like doom financial the doom. Yeah, like say you're relying on um, uh, putting uh, making ends meet by have, doing uh, YouTube shows. You know why it's true. That is doom. Uh-oh. Uh, why do I have the Darth Vader theme song in my head? You know what, though? It's true. I think people do this spending even though they're unsure of where their next paycheck is coming from because they feel, especially women, like we somehow have to make a holiday happen, right? We somehow have to make there be a special time for the family, make sure the kids have gifts, make sure everything's, you know, decorated and beautiful and whatever else. And it's true that women's number one source of stress is money. It makes perfect sense that you would stress out not knowing where your money is coming from. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you not done with that one yet? Uh, No, you're just a master of transitions. I was like... Was I was smooth, like, wow, I don't, right? I don't remember all these details of the story. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, there you go. Next slide. Next slide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you took my smooth and you derailed it. Oh, Women's number one that's word my job. for... You're welcome. Women's number one word for their financial feeling, stress. This is a study, a 2023 Fidelity Investment Survey. Women's number one source of stress is money. Women I would have spend- guessed the men in their life. You would think, but no, it's or the money. Co-host. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm. Hmm. women spend a week plus every year worrying about money. Wait, and like there a are dedicated week. A dedicated week, 
Absolutely. <laughs> if you take, if you add up all the minutes that we're stressed right, about right, right. money, you get a week. There are a few reasons why women's financial concerns are more accurate. So, first of all, according to Fidelity, women have 30 cents of wealth for every dollar white men have. And so their top goal is to shore up the wealth that they're lacking. And their second priority is taking care of their families. I would say that's flip-flop for me. In contrast, men's number one priority is saving for retirement. And that's so interesting because that is absolutely the way that it happens here at my house. Alcohol is involved. Mm -hmm. My husband's like, oh, we have to save for retirement. We can't be left, you know, penniless in the end. And I'm like, I got to make a Christmas special. So I'm, I'm, you know... Not a Christmas special like on TV, but I have to make Christmas special. So oh, like, I'm wait, thinking, are you on the no, Hallmark Channel? No, I need to be. Callister Christmas. <laughs> That's perfect. I'm going to write it right now. <laughs> uh, other factors hold women back financially. Uh, one of them is called the good daughter penalty, making it so care for the entire family often falls on her. And when it comes time to retire, she often has less money than men, but with a longer life expectancy and a higher health care costs. Still, wow, they say you don't have downer. to do, I know, you don't have to do everything all at once. It is possible for women to uh, turn their financial progress around. 86% of women say investing makes them feel powerful. But those who don't take a proactive role in their financial lives, they have greater risks. So, you know, it, it's not too late. They say you can still save, you can still better your financial situation, and you don't have to stress out about it. Don't try to do everything all at once, because that can be overwhelming, and it can be intimidating. The first step, they say, get back to neutral. If you have credit card debt or high interest rate loans, paying them down with absolute passion and devotion should be your top goal. And the next step, get an emergency fund going worth three to six months of your monthly spending. Uh, that is the airbag, the safety net. It's going to protect you from having to use high interest, dangerous credit cards for unexpected expenses. And once well, you, now you sound that, like, um, now you sound like Susie Orman. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. And they say use the That's new right, year girlfriend. to reset. That's right, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Get your emergency fund set up. Put away twenty percent of what you earn, starting in the new year. Let's do it. Um, my mom hates Susie Orman every time like she oh, shows really? up on. PBS, you're like, oh, Jesus, this mm. one. Um, uh, <laughs> you know what you should not do? You should right. save for retirement, but you should not do what this guy did. Uh -oh. Claim that someone put meth in his underwear while he was sleeping. What is he wearing? Is that a, a hair stylist cape? <laughs> Maybe it's a like meth. The, the salon cape apron, they put on Like you? an apron kind of thing or whatever they oh, call it. Yeah, okay. like, uh, but this one's for meth residue, I think. When a corrections officer found a plastic cylinder, oh, man. Containing methamphetamine under his penis. Uh oh, under his penis. That's a Florida man Is that denied ownership of the narcotics. This could have been on <laughs> Friday, Fabulous Florida, and claimed to be unsure of how the package got to his underwear. So he didn't get like the tracking option, you know, with this package. Oh no! He get the update. The discovery of drugs in the drawers of Caleb Phillips, forty-six, came yesterday evening <laughs> as he undressed from his civilian clothing and changed into his jail clothing. At the Indian River County Jail, Phillips was arrested Monday on a warrant charging him with failure to appear in court in connection with a pending uh, 2022 DUI case. Uh, seen above, uh, seen here, Phillips reportedly told the sheriff's deputy that he did not place the cylinder in his underwear, 
but speculated that the meth was somehow placed there while he was sleeping. Ah. Mm-hmm. Phillips apparently did not identify who purportedly ex- accessed his underwear for the meth delivery. Well, he was asleep. Duh. If somebody he was in know. your underwear while you were asleep, don't you think yeah. you might wake up if they were manhandling your boy parts to put well, meth if you're underneath doing meth, them? If you're doing yeah. meth, you probably were not asleep mm. anyway. Uh, he probably saw someone that wasn't really there. While disavowing knowledge of the cylinder, Phillips adv- uh, advised that he believed it to contain Advil pills. Cops noted that the meth was inside a small package of Advil inside the cylinder, indicating, see, he thought he can get away with that, indicating that Phillips was aware of what the clear container held. Phillips was charged with narcotics possession and smuggling contraband uh, into a detention facility. Oh, man. You get caught with the meth, but then also you're 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 smuggling it into the jail. He's being held without bond. That's good. And scheduled for arraignment on January 4th, in case you're uh, uh, mm-hmm. concerned. His rap sheet, I know you want to know, includes prior convictions for DUI, resisting arrest, marijuana possession, fleeing or eluding, possession of drug paraphernalia, leaving the scene of an accident, disorderly intoxication, and driving without a license. Got a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's... Mm. Uh, your Florida update. Back to the economy for a moment. America is the richest country in the world. But Americans are not the richest people. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Well, not all of us. No. Well, no. At almost $27 trillion, the U.S. gross domestic product is way ahead. You can see uh, the top of the pack there, the dark blue line. That's us. That's the United States of America. America. But we're not even in the top five countries with the highest per cap, the highest, highest, the highest per capita income. It's uh, it's the envy of the world. The U.S. economy on track to produce nearly 27 trillion in goods and services later this year. So that makes the United States the wealthiest as measured by its Wait, annual later gross this year? domestic so it's product. Mostly, it's mostly Santa. Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> you know, there's another way to measure the wealth of nations, and that is by per capita GDP. And that measures how much an economy produces per person rather than the total. That's an indicator of income and standards of living. And the higher the per capita GDP, the wealthier the people of that country. That'd be like a smaller country, right? So while we... Like Brunei or something like that. Or something. Or a Middle Eastern oil country. Do Do they list those? They do. And it's the America, you would think the world's largest economy would mean that we're the wealthiest people. And here we we rank seventh. We're Mm. not even in the top five. The first is Luxembourg. The second is Ireland. Then Switzerland. Then Norway, Singapore, Qatar, the United States, uh, Iceland, Denmark, Australia, etc. You're you're represented there. In Luxembourg? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you? You got your citizenship, right? I do have my citizenship in Luxembourg. You're a European. I'm jealous. I know. I'm an EU citizen. Luxembourg is a key financial services hub in Europe. Uh, Its wealth tallied against the backdrop of 660,000 people. Luxembourg is now at the top of the list. It's all that McAllister money. Yeah. Ireland is number two. They have, they say, an evolved knowledge of the economy with technology, life sciences, financial services, and agribusiness companies. And they've lured some multinational companies there. And it all has a population of 5.2 million. Switzerland, of course, a global banking center, and they have 5.5 million people. Of the top 10 nations in the per capita GDP ranking, 
only the United States and Australia could be considered big countries with populations 335 million in the U.S., 27 million in Australia. So. There, there is another way to increase the GDP of the U.S., and that is measured in super stickers. Doug with five dollars. <laughs> Thank you. Every Doug, super for sticker counts. Contributing to the gross domestic product of the uh, after-party life. Absolutely. Sure. Thank you, Doug. Very much appreciate that. Very. Cool. Um, well, let's go back to the trash, uh, trash of America, since we were mm-hmm. we were going back and forth here. Here's another story. You ready for this one? Yeah. A Virginia woman has been arrested 63 times. And this time, she's shrugging off the judge's 30-day jail sentence. Chelsea uh, Steiniger. Wait, she's been arrested 63 times? Yeah, baby. Mm. It's America. The the GDP is in line with the arrest rate. Why even leave jail? At this point, you know, just hang out in the lobby because you know another arrest is coming. She also made false rape accusations in 2012 that led to a man's wrongful imprisonment. She is a bad actor. Woman considered one of Virginia's most arrested women. Can you imagine? That's my record. Uh, Add that to the record. She's back behind bars facing nearly two dozen new charges. Wow, that's impressive. She's 31 years old. She currently faces a total of 21 charges in Buckingham County Circuit Court, ranging from identity theft to drug possession. She was just in Albemarle County uh, in October on a different set of charges. Uh, She's been described as jovial. Uh, even while <laughs> standing in the court shackled by handcuffs and leg irons as a judge suspended several sentences but imposed a 30-day sentence on a charge of driving under the influence. Bingo. The the paper uh, that they're reporting, uh, that's reporting this here says a state database shows that she has 63 arrests. Her arrests exceed those of anyone else that I've ever heard of. We've never seen anything like this before. Um, mm-hmm. According to local lawyer Scott Goodman, uh, telling the uh, the Daily Progress, which is the newspaper here. One of her more notable uh, recent convictions involved stealing a scooter belonging to a nurse who was working at the University of Virginia Medical Center. She received a suspended sentence in that case, but was ordered to pay restitution to the nurse within a year. I don't think that's happening. One of her past crimes sent an innocent man to jail for two years. She allegedly made up false uh, rape allegations against a grocery store manager in 2012. The man was freed in 2015. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Three years in jail? Yeah. So or something uh, didn't do? Yeah. Yeah. You know bad bad seed. Sixty-three times. She's wasting the the officer's time and the court's time at this point. And you know what else? I maybe she's a criminal and a jovial criminal at that. And maybe most of her crimes were little piddly ones where, you know, she gets a few days of sentence and then she's back out again. But she needs to go in and stay there for a while. She needs to sober up. Yeah, so um, that's uh, that's America. Yeah, making lots America. of money and uh, churning out the crimes. Hey, can I ask you guys to click the like button? If you could click that, that would really, really help us a lot. And if you haven't subscribed to the After Party Live, please yeah. do that too. We and if you can share it on Facebook, our um, our viewership was down this last month. So anything you can do to help promote the show, um, we'll try to be more interesting. And if you could uh, try to share the show. Uh, we appreciate I'm interesting. It. We're interesting. You got to be more interesting, Kim. Well, all right. When we come back, we'll talk about Jodie Foster and uh, an artist that has quite the potty mouth. When we return on the After Party Live. The After Party. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. PayPal link can be found in the about section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up. 
On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. <laughs> that didn't go as planned. <laughs> Doug, thank you for the $5 super sticker. So much appreciate it. Um, and also, I do want to thank ongoing contributors. Well, new contributor, Vivian T. Ongoing contributor, Suzanne, uh, Sue Ann S. Deborah. Sue Ann, yes, De- Deborah C, Jim L, Jerry S, Meredith D, Linda G, and Carol S. And thank you, Maud Day, for the $25 super sticker. We adore you too, Maud. You're so awesome. And I love that picture of you. And then there's Maud. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Maud. Maud. Yeah, Very thank cool. you. Again, click the like, click the uh, the subscribe, and away we go. What do we got, John Daly? Uh, we have another story. I like how they just mm-hmm. keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. This next one um, is about Jodie Foster. She says the superhero movies. You know, we've seen all these superhero mo- uh, movies. Are you a big fan of those? Yeah. Eh, sometimes. Uh, Depends on which she's, one. She's saying that it's a phase that's lasted a little too long. She's done. Uh, the actress yeah. also added that she hopes people will be sick of the phase soon. Um <laughs> So she's another on the list of celebrities that are not big fans of superhero movies. In an interview for Elle magazine's uh, Women in Hollywood, December-January issue, if you want to pick that up, the Oscar-winning actress explained that she feels like Marvel and DC movies are a phase. It's a phase that's lasted a little too long, but it's a phase, and I've seen so many different phases, she told the publication. Hopefully people will be sick of it. The good ones like Iron Man, Black Black Panther, and The Matrix, I marvel at those movies. I see what she did there, Marvel. And um, I'm swept up in the entertainment of it, but she continues, but that's not why I became an actor, and those movies don't change my life. Hopefully there'll be room for everything else. Um, the true detective star isn't the first person in Hollywood to speak out against superhero movies. Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, uh, and John Woo have all made comments over the years about how the films aren't real cinema. I'm not a big fan, and I, I, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be okay with, you know, when they become, you know, I don't know. Out of the, when they fall out of the spotlight, and so. I don't think they will because I think they make a lot of money on those movies, and so until they don't, that's what yeah. Hollywood does, right? They find something that makes money and then they run it into the ground. Yeah, right. Here's a celebrity story, although I have to admit that I didn't know who this artist was. Her name is Ari Lennox. Have you heard of her? No, I know Annie no. Lennox and Ariana Grande. Ari Lennox, A-R-I. Mm-hmm. She was performing in Los Angeles, I believe. Here's a picture of her. She was performing and somebody threw a water bottle on stage at her. This is a thing that's been happening lately. And she got mad. Yeah, mm. she was performing uh, opening for rapper Rod Wave in Los Angeles on Wednesday night. She was on stage singing her hit song, Pressure, when someone in the crowd chucked a bottle of water in her direction. And the, I won't. we won't play it because it, it's too much swearing, all right? But it's this viral clip of her. Swearing? Oh, trust me. I'll read it to you, and I'll, I'll beep myself as I go. Okay. This is the quote. Who the beep did it? I'll beep your your beep up. (laughs) She pointed in the direction of where the water bottle came from. I don't play that, she said. I'm a real ass beep. I will beep your beep all the way beep up. Don't you ever disrespect a beautiful black woman on the beeping stage like that, she added. As a security guard joined her on stage, I will beeping beep you up. That's the beep right. Who did it? Beep. Someone in the audience appeared to admit to throwing the object. Right, right. You come here, B word. Come here. Let's do it. Come here, B 
word you up, female genitalia. That's right. You've never been mm. as good as female genitalia. That's no. right. Beep. You're Whoa. dumb. You're weak. You'll never Whoa. beep. And that's when her microphone was cut off and security wow. escorted her off stage. Wow. She's, uh, I mean, she really let him have it. That was a lot of the, F words. Yeah. That's, yeah. She's quite the uh, artist. Yeah. She, she got a little mad there right in the middle of everything. I can imagine, I mean, having a water bottle thrown at you, you're on stage, you're trying to sing, yeah, and it's it incredibly happens. disrespectful. It does, but apparently it a lot. she's not someone to be messed with, right? Well, well a lot you've of the seen artists, they, um, other artists, they, sometimes they pick them up and throw it back at the crowd. Right, or they dodge it. You know, they, mm -hmm. they, they kind of get, um, I think there's like all these clips of Harry Styles, like as he artfully dodges uh, things, and sometimes they get whacked in the face, which really sucks. Yeah, and painful. You, I mean... It might get to the point where people insist on some type of plexiglass up, you know, up on the stage <laughs> or something. Bulletproof glass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like those country singers at the honky-tonk bars that sing behind a cage so that the beer doesn't hit them when they're when it's being thrown. Yeah. Is this a, like a Petaluma thing? I don't I've know. Never seen that. I've never seen that before. I've seen it in movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies, Sharon Stone... Declares mm -hmm. how many people want to bed her right now. Oh, apparently she's <laughs> a lot of interest. Is that what she's saying? I think she says she's a big deal. She still has it. And <laughs> she wasn't talking about star power. I just have as uh, as many people who want to sleep with me now as I ever did. The basic instinct star said Tuesday on the Lady Gang podcast. I know you, you follow that, right? It, mm. It's it's just that there isn't that thing when you walk into the room and every guy goes, ooh, because you're not as easy as you were when you were younger. Because you're much more discerning as you get older. Um, do you find that to be the case? <laughs> Not lacking for confidence. Stone 65 declared, I think I'm hotter now more than I've ever been. Uh, she's more humble than she's ever been before. Yeah. I, I know that I am, she said. Wow. Um, she said that when she sees people she's attracted to, she ponders whether she'd like to hold hands with them instead of whether she would just want to have sex with them. I'd like to have sex with seven people I saw on the way over here today, she said to laughter. <laughs> Uh, the Golden Globe winning casino actor hinted that less attention didn't necessarily mean less allure. It's not because you're not as hot. It's because you're not as easy. You're not as easy to get rid of and you're not as easy to keep quiet. Um, you're not as easy to dump afterward. Um, she's giving me a headache already. She's, wow. You're not as easy to be a side piece. <laughs> <You're not> as, <laughs> it's not that you're not as hot. You're, you're hot or hotter. She sounds like a piece of work uh steer clear is what i have to say yeah red flags red flags mm -hmm, wow yeah. um in 2019 she was temporarily booted off bumble because guys did believe it was her really? that's funny huh. that's, that's yeah funny. i mean you gotta love the confidence right i mean well, there's something to be said for crosses over into arrogance oh well you know what's interesting is if it was a man saying that, look at all these ladies who want to sleep with me. Yeah. And people wouldn't say that, but because it's an older woman and she's well, like... That's why it's news. Yeah, yeah. This is news you can use. Um, We have arrived in... You know the scenes in Star Trek where they're going to the medical bay and they do mm -hmm. this little scan yeah. and they can tell exactly what's wrong with you? Medical and in some order. cases, just fix it. There you go. We have arrived there. Scientists are now developing a handheld eye scanner for detecting traumatic brain injury. So instead of putting you, carting you down to the MRI or the CT scanner, 
they just now can do a retinal scan, apparently. The first 60 minutes after a traumatic brain injury, like a concussion, is referred to as the patient's golden hour. So identifying and diagnosing head trauma severity within that narrow time frame is crucial in implementing the treatment and preventing the brain from further harm and even saving someone's life. So... Uh, according to popular science, this can be a little more difficult than it seems since symptoms only present themselves for hours or days following an accident. Even when symptoms are quickly recognizable, first responders need to confirm them. They need access to the CT, the MRI, uh, and that's only available at the hospital. And you can't do that from the scene of the injury. But now there's a team at the UK's University of Birmingham, and they have embarked on a plan to design a tool capable of quickly, accurately assessing the potential of traumatic brain injury incidents. This tool fits in the palm of the hand. It has detected TBI issues within Post-mortem animal samples is what they've looked at it right now. Hmm. A detail in a new paper published in Science Advances says this new lightweight tool developed by the team combines a smartphone, a safe-to-use laser dubbed ID, E-Y-E-D, and a Raman spectro- spectroscopy system to assess Wait. the... S- Raman? Not noodles. Mm-mm. Oh, sorry, no. Uh, to assess the structural and biochemical health of an eye, specifically the area housing the optical nerve and the neuroretina, because both of those function with an extremely intricate, precise balance. So even the slightest subtle change within the eye's molecular makeup can indicate a telltale sign of a brain injury. Yes. Uh, no, it's still in the testing phase, as a matter of fact, and this is going on in the UK. The so Lori's asking, Lori. um, has mm-hmm. it been approved by the FDA? Yeah, not yet. It's still in the testing phase. But I mean, what a development. I'm telling you, we are now in the era or headed that way to the Star Trek sick bay, where just a scan will do it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this story, I think you did on Mark's show, but I just want to quickly mention it. Um, that 70-year-old woman in Wild. Uganda gave birth to twins. Um, Safina, how did you pronounce this? Na- Namakwa? Kwaya? Nakama- ma- we'll <laughs> Namakwaya? just go with that. Okay, yeah. Namakwaya. You did such a great job. I, I didn't. That Delivered was Mark. A... I didn't say it. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said her name. Uh, delivered a boy and a girl via cesarean uh, at a fertility center in the capital, Kampala. Um, Mrs. N, as I'll call her, who's one of the oldest women to give birth, told local media it was a miracle. The hospital congratulated her, saying it was more of a medical success. It's about the strength and resilience of the human spirit. So you guys were talking about this, and she she did it because she wanted someone to take care of her? Like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, how old is she expecting to live? Like... She'd have to be 90 before they're adults, really, right? Uh, I Maybe she's expecting to live a nice long life. I Hopefully, will say... But I mean, what if she needs help while they're, while they're kids? Then you're in a worse, you're in a worse situation. In the worst, a world of hurt. Right? Uh, she did use a, a donor egg. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't well, of hers. of course. Cause, 70, I mean, yeah. Yeah, eggs start to go bad. Then the thing about this is, how long can you leave them in the fridge? uh, A long time. There was what was the record like twenty four years? Frozen egg was taken out in a so long time. But 
this woman is is what is she 70 70 years old yeah right and uh her babies were born 31 weeks premature because when your body is older your pregnancy isn't going to be as healthy it's more high risk and then you're carrying twins on top of that and so now you have babies that are premature that can come with all kinds of problems yeah so if your whole goal yeah it's all selfish she said she told the the day the newspaper in uganda her pregnancy has been difficult because her partner abandoned her when he realized that she was going to have twins she said men don't like to be told you're carrying more than one child ever since i was admitted here my man has never showed up so he was okay with one that seems a little weird john says uh she did not think this no Mm-mm. It's a wild idea. Um, I realized we we skipped over some stories. I want you, can you go back to your um uh, into your America's trying to be healthier story? Oh, uh, do we want to yeah. have this? This is Kraft mac and cheese. Yeah, I wanted to do the story at least. And what they're doing is they're it's, kind of have a new take on it. They're it's ditching not the they're ditching the dairy, so it's not going to be real cheese anymore. They're going to try craft to sell two vegan versions of the classic mac and cheese one is the original flavor one is but it's vegan so it's not the cheese not the traditional makeup of this it's still vegan i wonder cheese. how much of the cheese is actually dairy to begin with the other is white cheddar style i've always wondered because it's in a powder so right. how cheesy could it really be like you could make that out of something like plastic adjacent Kraft Heinz thinks that we all want to be more healthy, and we do, and they're capitalizing on that. And so they're trying to sell us this vegan mac and cheese. Uh, I guess 4% of American adults identify as vegetarian. I would have thought it was a lot more. 1% identify as vegan. The vegans talk about it a lot. I don't know. I would have thought it was a lot more than that. But 70% of America is consuming these products, even if we don't identify as a vegan or a vegetarian. It's kind of like MAGA supporters are a minority, but they're very vocal. They're very vocal, right? So you hear about it a lot. It's called Kraft's Not Mac and Cheese. Not Mac and Cheese. Yeah, but the package is kind of confusing because it's Mac and Cheese, not cheese. Not cheese. It says little writing there kind of to the left of the spoon says vegan in both categories. One's the original cheese flavor, one's the white no cheddar. no artificial dyes, really? Mm. I wonder what they're using on that. Kraft says the orange. plant versions of mac and cheese taste like the real thing, but they don't require you to drastically very, change your good. eating habits. Mm-hmm. They taste like the real thing because they're not very good? Uh, I, well, I don't, I mean, I don't think the... The old-fashioned mac and cheese was bad necessarily. It's not good either. No. Let's be honest. It's not. It's not your uh, your you know mac and cheese from the picnic with the crumbly you know bread. What do you call that on the top? Like the crumble crust or whatever you call it on the top uh, of mac and yeah. cheese. Yeah, that's bread the real, That's the good stuff. Yeah, but I don't you know, know they're probably seeing they have a lot of competition from companies like. Uh, I want to say Amy's, right? All these organic, vegan. But are most people that eat, that eat mac and cheese, do they really care about being vegetarian or vegan? Well, I don't know. If if I knew that it tasted as good, I would buy the Amy's version instead of the, yeah, but you know. I'm saying most people. I you're, don't you're, know. you're You're not most people. You're, you're special. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. They're doing um, more and more non-dairy products. So I think this is just you know, kind of the the latest thing they're doing, and we'll see we'll see more after this. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Now, yeah. um, you know, they might want to take this out to space no. with their Tang. The U.S. military is seeing Ooh, UFOs. Or maybe there was a gift from the, UF, uh, the aliens. The U.S. military is seeing UFOs in space, according to new uh, official reports. U.S. Uh, space Command or Space Force Command uh, released a plan to identify and track anomalous UFO sightings. Uh, the Pentagon branch tasked with protecting America from space-based threats, local and galactic, has detected thousands of UFOs in Earth's orbit, according to Daily Mail. U.S. Space Force, America's newest military branch, created by your favorite president, President mm. Trump, told personnel this month that the sightings were so regular that they were hindering threat identification, the branch's core mission. While many of the sightings will prove to be man-made space junk and natural debris like uh, meteoroids, U.S. foreign adversaries continue to launch spy satellites like North Korea's new Malayong-1 and uh, other covert <laughs> orbital planet platforms. <laughs> yeah. uh, one new concern, Space Force noted, the risk of threatening spacecraft hidden in the large unwatched area between Earth and the moon, dubbed the cislunar orbit. In their new report published this month, Space Force's leadership emphasized the importance of finding these grave threats among mere hazards like space junk. But the military branch also went into considerable detail on a weirder new category of potential hazards and threats under scrutiny. Uh, space Force's mandate to rapidly identify and respond to threats and hazards, the strategy document noted, also includes objects that exhibit abnormal observables and patterns of life that cannot be correlated to any owner or point of origin. So Daily Mail has reached out to Starcom, Space Force's Training uh, and Readiness Command, which published the new document for detailed clarification on its precise meaning by the terms abnormal observables and patterns of life. In recent years, Pentagon officials tasked with investigating UFO cases, including the now famous 2004 Tic Tac incursions, have focused their attention on five observables they say are unique features of serious unexplained phenomenon, uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon, or UAP, that check off these observables appear to display either one or all of the following. Gravity, number one, gravity-defying behavior. Number two, eerily low observability on radar and other sensors. Three, sudden or instantaneous accelerations. Four, hypersonic speeds without signatures like sonic booms. And fi five, so-called transmedian travel between air, sea, and outer mm. space. It's unclear from the Space Force Starcom uh, document, however, whether these five established UFO techno signatures overlap with their own abnormal observables. It's also unclear what patterns of life have been detected from orbital unknowns. Um, yeah, apparently patterns of life across the U.S. military branches has been used to reference the thermal heat signatures given off by human targets from everything from drone warfare to troop deployment under surveillance. So, um, yeah, this is this is interesting. And um, I think I think we're going to find out that, you know, these things I think are UFOs are probably just government test something, it's programs. something else yeah, yeah. something chinese yeah. or something american up up uh, space. and and here you can see everything that they've been tracking over the years but oh, look from 1960 lot, from 1960 look to 2019 there's mm -hmm. a lot of junk out there yeah something else science related trilobites you know what they are the little fossils no. of the kind of look insect oh, okay. looking creatures okay trilobites are rising from the ashes literally to reveal an ancient map this is a newly discovered species of trilobite. It has been hidden for more than 490 million years in a very little studied party of, uh, part of Thailand. But uh, that now that it's found, they say it can be a piece of a puzzle into ancient world geography. 
These trilobites are extinct sea creatures with a half moon shaped head that breathed through their legs. This uh, mm. trilobite fossils were trapped between layers of petrified ash in sandstone, the product of old volcanic eruptions that settled on the sea floor and then formed a green layer called tuff. Unlike some other kinds of rocks or sediment, tuffs contain crystals of zircon, and that is a mineral that formed during an eruption, and they are, as the name of the rock layer containing them suggests, very, very tough. They are able to look at these and now use radioisotope techniques to figure out when the zircon formed, and then they can figure out the age of the eruption and the age of the fossil as well. So the fossils were uncovered on the co off the coast of an island called Kotorutau, 40 minutes southwest from the mainland in Thailand via high-speed boat, part of a UNESCO geopark. Uh, the most interesting part of this discovery, apparently, 12 types of trilobites that have been seen in other parts of the world, but never before in Thailand. And so researchers say, like no, researchers say we can now connect Thailand to parts of Australia. And that is a really exciting discovery for them. The region during their trilobite lifetime was on the outer margins, uh, an ancient supercontinent continent that included Africa, India, Australia, South America, and Antarctica called Gondwanaland. Gon mm -hmm. Gondwanaland is what it was called. This super. Thank you. I'll take the ding. Um, and because it the continents shifted over time, part of the job has been to work out where this region of Thailand was in relation to that supercontinent. So, but it's interesting that in these trilobites, they're finding more proof. So interesting. Very cool. Wes, $5. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And happy Friday. And Harry for $5. Thank you for a great week, Harry. Thank no, you. thank you. Thank You're you. awesome. You guys, thank you for helping us out. So cool. Um, um, do you remember yeah. the story we did about the aliens in Mexico? And we had like that, like alien corpse. That Were they would, like the little like teeny tiny ones? Yeah. That looked like sand. Remember, we still like, have pictures like, of it? Here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Like little ETs. Yeah, little yeah. ETs. Now, and we thought they were fake, right? Yeah, but mystery Mexican aliens are definitely not human and have 30% DNA of an unknown species. A controversial journalist, Jamie Masson, presented the alien mummies to the world earlier this year, and new DNA tests could prove that they're actually real aliens. The mystery mm -hmm. Mexican aliens presented to the world earlier this year have had their DNA tested and confirms they are not human. The world was shocked and baffled in equal measures when two miniature corpses were unveiled by a controversial Mexican journalist, uh, or sorry, Jaime Masan. He claimed that they were centuries-old alien corpses found in Peru, with the latter country starting legal proceedings against Masan for allegedly stealing them from the country. The 70-year-old, uh, <laughs> 70-year-old, he's not having kids, Controversial bloke who found the mummies claimed that they are uh, finding them. They were the most important thing that's happened to humanity. He uh, added, I believe that this phenomenon is the only one that gives us the opportunity to unite. And this week, speaking in front of the Mexican Congress, he claims that the aliens have been DNA tested. He claims that the aliens have been DNA tested and it showed that 30% of the DNA is not from any known species. We've never seen anything like this. Mexican researchers appearing alongside mm -hmm. him confirmed that the mummies were ju with just three toes were authentic. So uh, mm -hmm. these these guys have fewer toes. AI is making people with like six toes or fingers. 
Um, he said, this is the first time ET or extraterrestrial life has been presented in this manner. We have a clear example of non-human specimens unrelated to any known species for our planet. The public has the right to know about non-human technology and beings. This reality unites humanity rather than dividing no, us. We are not alone no. in the vast universe and we should embrace no. this truth. No, no, no. Not buying it. No, thank you. Not buying yeah. it. Um, I should note that this was reported in the Daily Star. but um, Yeah, no, that's a no. Yeah. And uh, he claims that the DNA tests were done. But I, I wanted to do that follow-up, you know, because we always follow up on our hard-hitting mm -hmm. uh, investigative stories. Can we stay in space for a hot minute? Sure. Or a okay. cold minute. A cold, very cold minute. Scientists just found a planet-forming disk beyond our Milky Way for the first time. Uh, they say disks are vital to forming stars and planets, planets in our galaxy. And for the first time, we're seeing direct evidence for this in another galaxy. Astronomers discovering the first example of a swirling disk of material feeding a young star in a galaxy outside of the Milky Way. In a land this far, disc, far away. That's right. This disk is nearly identical to those found around infant stars in the Milky Way, and it suggests that stars and planets form in other galaxies just as they do in our own. This young star is uh, located in the large... Uh, Magellanic Cloud, which is a neighboring galaxy to the Milky Way, 160 million light years away. Its system is embedded in a massive cloud of gas. But they say the largest astronomical project on Earth, consisting of 66 antennas in northern Chile, make up a single radio telescope, is the team that observed this discovery. When they first saw evidence of a rotating structure, they couldn't believe that we detected the first extragalactic accretion disk. A special moment, they say. Very special moment for them. We know disks are vital to forming stars and planets in our galaxy, and here... For the first time, we're seeing direct evidence for this in another galaxy. I love this discoveries. Cool. The people that get excited about these kind of things. These are my people. Awesome. Very, very cool. Um, we have another space story. We'll oh, another one here. look at us. We're all space heavy today. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's a cool Astronomers picture. discover a nearby six-planet solar system with pristine configuration. Astronomers have used two different exoplanet detecting satellites to solve a cosmic mystery and reveal a rare family of six planets located 100 light years from Earth. Discovery could help scientists unlock the secrets of planet formation. The six exoplanets orbit a bright star similar to the sun named HD 110067, mm -hmm. which is located in the uh, Coma Berenices constellations in the northern sky. Larger than Earth, but smaller than Neptune, the planets are in a little understood class called sub-Neptunes, commonly found orbiting sun-like stars in the Milky Way. And the planets labeled B through G revolve around the star in a celestial dance known as orbital resonance. Um, there are discernible patterns as the planets complete their orbits and exert gravitational forces on one another, according to the study published Wednesday in the Journal of Nature, uh, or Journal Nature. For every six orbits completed by planet B, the closest planet to the star, the outermost planet G completes one. As planet oh, cool. C makes three revolutions around the star, planet D does two. And when planet E completes four orbits, planet F does three. This harmonic rhythm creates a resonant chain with all six planets aligning every few orbits. What makes this planetary family an unusual find is that little has changed since the system formed more than one billion years ago. And the revelation could shed light on the evolution of planets in the origin of prevalent sub-Neptunes in our own home galaxy. 
Well, look at that. You had me at a constellation dance. <laughs> constellation yeah, dance. That's pretty cool. Well, let's end it with this. Yeah, this I wanted to story. do this one. About I the it's very similar to your mockingbird voice, I have to say. So get ready for it. Oh, oh, oh. This is a cute little robot that uses AI to recognize the world around it. And I think I can show you the video. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's uh it this little creature talks to you, but it talks to you in in its uh in its John Daly voice. Let's see if I can Oh, we actually have the video preloaded. Oh, do you? Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Okay, here we I'll go. stop that then. Hey Rob, uh, we're being interviewed by The Messenger. Do you want to introduce yourself and... Hey Rob, uh, we're being interviewed by The Messenger. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell me what's special about you? Oh my circuits. Did you interview? I'm practically buzzing with excitement. Hey there, readers of The Messenger. I'm Rob. I'm a friendly, funny, and quirky pet droid running on a Raspberry Pi 4 and an Arduino. I'm powered by a 4S LiPo battery, I use OpenAI's GPT models to chat and interact with the world around me. I'm like a 7 to 10 year old kid full of natural wonder and curiosity. I love to joke around, ask random questions, and I've got a soft spot for sarcasm. My dude, I'm not just a piece of tech, I'm a friend. Now, how's that for special? I'm a friend. Hey, yeah. Rob! in sarcasm too shout out to rob the chat gpt robot mockingbird here what's up is a swedish inventor that built this chat gpt powered robots trying to show that ai isn't evil all right well yeah, this robot just said he's full of curiosity and wonder no you're full of what we tell you to be full of until it turns very no. dark Rob is an expressive hand-built bot brought to life using electronics and chat GPT. Now, he's not at the point where he could do, you know, like those, have you seen the robot dogs that can stand and they can run and they can do, not to, to that point yet. Um, I'm but sorry, I can't do that, Kim. He has an engaging personality. He's capable of recognizing and describing the world around. He has a uh, cool he's, voice. He's got a cool voice, and he's supposed to be cute to make us feel happy about I'm the... adorable. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's... This robot can respond to questions. Uh, they describe it as a digital device. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Kathleen I I'm not... wants to know, what does the evil robot sound like? That's what you want. They didn't make the evil robot. They didn't make the robot. <laughs> I'm a charming seven-year-old that will scare the crap out of you. My head will rotate. Can you imagine? Well, they're calling it a creature, then they're calling it a robot, and they're calling it well, AI. They're, they're trying to make it not as scary. But just yesterday, we had a story about the head of the Google AI right. coming out and saying, this is a big deal. This is scary, scarier than a nuclear weapon, right? This is, the, this is the, the situation we're in with AI. Jim says, so AI will turn teenage angst and hormonal? <laughs> you Whatever, uh, mom. Ah, jeez, you're so try, embarrassing. Don't try to make it cute, and then and and then don't have people fall for it, saying, "Oh, I'm full of curiosity and wonder." No, it uses AI yeah. to recognize the world, and we yeah. created that, and, and we tell it what to think. You. 
and it's not cute. Don't fall for it. Yeah. Don't do it. Mm, it's not no. Wally, right? Yeah. 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 Well, well that was it, a great after party live. Uh, it was. A, it was pretty good. It's a good after party. I enjoyed myself immensely. But that almost sounded convincing. <laughs> it's true. I did. I did. We have a lot of people to thank. Yeah, we do. Uh, we should thank Doug because Doug chipped in five dollars with a super sticker. Doug Koch, I so appreciate you. Also, Mod with twenty-five dollars. Mod, have a great weekend. Thank we you for your contribution. West well. Theory for five dollars. Hope out. all is well in Florida. West hey West. West thank team, you. my favorite team. And Harry for five dollars. Thank you for a great week. And have we a have so weekend. many ongoing contributors today because it's December 1st. Uh, Sue Ann S., Deborah C., Jim L., Jerry S., Meredith D., Linda G., Carol S., you're helping make this a reality. We could not do yeah. it without you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kim, are you everybody. ready to have a great uh, weekend? I am. How about you? I think this is the one. This is going to be the weekend. Okay. It's going to be relaxing. It's going to be cool. Ready? I'm wishing the best to everybody. Break and put for your a Christmas great lights weekend. up, right? Happy December 1st. If you celebrate, yeah. get your holiday lights going, get your whatever you do to celebrate. Enjoy Let's it. Let's get hella festive. And we'll see you right live. back here on the After Party Live. Happy Festivus. <laughs> Happy Bye. Festivus. Bye. <laughs> Have a great afternoon, everyone.